This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com I want to share with you a powerful chidush. Maybe you heard of this before, maybe you didn't, but before that I have to say thank you too. Chazak, with a Q, thank you Chacham Rabbi, thank you Torah Anytime, thank you the Torah or Synagogue. And I just remember, as you were saying this Chacham, it's not my first time speaking here. I once came here for Shabbat in the shul. So I spoke in that building. When I was here, they were renovating this place. Right? It's this building itself. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, the first one. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. So, I was told we're going to speak about a certain t- topic called Shmirat Anaim. I'm watching your eyes. Now, I'm sure you heard many speeches about it before, that one of the greatest nisyanot tests that we have in our generation right now is Shmirat Anaim. Now, I hope I'm not going to minimize the power of every time a person watches his eyes, because there's so much Marema Komot, there's so much Torah one can discuss. I brought a whole, this old book about it over here, it's only one book that I have, one set for this. So much Torah all over the place about the Gadlut, the Zechut it is to a person to control his eyes even one time. Even one time. One Midrash that I remember offhand is, it says, La'atid Lavo, you know, in Olam Abba, Olam Abba is the greatest enjoyment in the world. The greatest enjoyment in the world is going to be Olam Abba. Why? Because Baruch Hashem, there's no food. Food, as enjoyable as it is, you have to work for the food. You have to go work, and then make money, and then cook the food, and wait online. Allah Abba, there's no food. Allah Abba, there's no working. There's no news. There's no politics. Allah Abba is straight up pleasure. And we can trust in Hashem. When Hashem says Allah Abba is the greatest pleasure, we can trust in Hashem. Because if Hashem, who created all the enjoyments in this world, is telling us the greatest enjoyment will be Allah Abba, you can only imagine can only imagine how powerful and awesome the next Salaam Abba will be. The mashal they give is imagine in the morning I walk in with hot donuts from Dunkin' Donuts. It smells really, really, really good. If it's Chalav Yisrael, I walk in and I make you guys sniff the fresh donuts. And then everybody's like, oh wow, the smell is so great of the donuts. I tell them, you think the smell of the donuts is good? You think just the sniff is enjoyable? Wait until you take a bite into the donut. This world, all the pleasures... All the enjoyments that a person can do in this world is only a reach. It's only a sniff of the true pleasure of Olam Abba. All enjoyments, even if the guy is a multimillionaire, he can do whatever he wants, he can own a whole uh, island in Florida, at the end of the day, whatever pleasure you get, it's only a reach, only a sniff, until you really, really take a bite into it. The real pleasure, which is Olam Abba. So the Chazal, the Midrash says over there, one who's careful with watching his eyes, he will have a zikhut to enjoy the zivah which means in Olam Abba, we're going to see, whatever that means, holy things, and we're going to see tzaddikim learning Torah, and we're going to see a closer glimpse of a Kadosh Baruch Hu. So the way a person will enjoy Olam Abba is specifically through the eyes. Specifically through Shmirat Ha'inayim, when one watches his eyes in this world, the more he watches his eyes in this world, the more you will have the capabilities to enjoy the next world. Because the way you're going to enjoy Olam Abba is through the eyes. It's through the, it's through the neshama seeing. And our eyes in this world are the windows to the neshama, to the soul. So says the Midrash, when one is careful with watching his eyes, you know what you're really doing? What you're doing is you're preparing yourself to enjoy Olam Abba more and more and more. The Chafetz Chaim brings down the Shemirat al He says, 
Let's say you have a person that doesn't watch his eyes in this world. So what's going to happen is, after 120, things don't change. Let's say a person, and there's a scary story about a dibuk. You guys ever heard of a dibuk? There's this famous story with one of the dibukim, with the Bechana Wasserman. Bechana Wasserman with the Chafetz Chaim in Europe. One time there was a lady who had a dibuk in her. A dibuk is like a random spirit that goes into someone's body. That story happened to be the reason why the spirit went inside the body was because she didn't make a bracha on a cup of water. So the spirit was able to go into her, the dibuk. It's like a random spirit flying all over the world. So she had a dibuk. And the Chafetz Chaim sent his Talmud, his student, or Bechana Wasserman, to go to try to take the dibuk out of this lady because she was in pain. This lady was cursing and cursing and cursing as Rabbi Chonam Wasserman is talking to her. He's like, yo, I, you know, you're already in the next world. You see what's going on. Why, why are you talking like, why, why are you cursing? So she tells him, Rabbi, you don't understand. If you cursed in this world, nothing changes in the next world. You're the same person. So if you got used to cursing in this world, you're going to curse in the next world too. So it says the Chafetz Chaim Shmirat HaLashon, one who's not careful with watching his eyes, chas v'shalom, chas v'shalom, the damage is so great that it will be even in Olam Abba. The eyes will be damaged to enjoy seeing the Shekhinah in Olam Abba. The eyes will be blurry. You're not going to be able to see as well. So when one is careful with watching his eyes, he's building and building his Olam Abba greater and greater. I want to share with you a pasuk. A pasuk says, in Parashas Kedoshim, the Be'er called that B'nai Yisrael. This speech, this drasha, this mitzvah, the Moshe Rabbeinu is about to tell Am Yisrael in Parashas Kedoshim, the Pasuk says specifically, I want this to be said in front of everybody. Anashim, nashim v'taf, men, women, and children. Specifically this mitzvah. V'amar te'alem et al'vim, Kedoshim tihu. We have a tzivu, we have a commandment from Hashem. Kedoshim tihu, be holy. Ki kadosh ani Hashem elokechem. Because I am holy, Hashem you creator. Listen to this powerful Pasuk. Kedoshim Tio says God, says Hashem. Jews, be holy. Why be holy? Ki kadosh ani Hashem elokechem. God says because I'm holy. Do you realize how powerful that is? We have to be holy. Why do we have to be holy? Why do we have to be kadosh? Why do we have to watch our eyes? Why do we have to, why do you, be, you know why we have to be kadosh? Ki kadosh ani Hashem elokechem. Says Hashem because I'm holy. What connection us to Hashem? Hashem, you're holy. No one's ever going to reach... Even not even an ounce of Hashem's love of Kedusha. God is God, Hashem is Hashem. So why are you putting both of us together? Be holy, says Hashem, because I'm holy. What connection us to Him? The answer is Rabbi obvious. The Pasuk here tells us how much we're worth in Hashem's eyes. The Pasuk here tells us that Hashem looks at us as such holy people. Our Neshamart are so holy, they're so close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that Hashem is literally saying, hey, be holy, you know why? Because I'm holy, and we're in it together. You are close to me. You know, the Arizal explains, he explains how we come from a Kaddush Baruch Hu, where we're called Banim Lashem Alekein. We are the sons of a Kaddush Baruch Hu. He says, he explains, imagine you have like a very, you know those thick, thick chevel, the ropes, very thick ropes. They're made out of small strings. The very, very thick brand ones, like used by the ships over there. The very thick ones. They're made out of small strings. Let's say you start undoing the knot. You're going to have a bunch, hundreds and hundreds of small strings under the main knot of the chevel. Says the Arizal, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the main knot. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the main chevel. Everything is together. All the strings that come out of the main chevel, when you twist them apart, those are the neshamot of Amisol. That's every single one of us, our souls. That's what the Arizal explains. We come from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What does it mean we come from God? You know what it means you come from God? It means you are a string connected, all of us together. All of us together makes into one big knot, which is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. 
That's a tremendous thing. So what it means that we come from Hashem, it means that we have a continuation, a small hemshech of a Kadosh Baruch Hu. So the Pasuk here says, Kedosh be holy. Why says Hashem? Because I'm holy. I think that's the biggest compliment in the world. That's a huge compliment. Imagine, I don't know, let's see, who's the wealthiest guy in the world now? Um, Alan uh, Musk, his name is, okay? Alan Musk, if I'm pronouncing his name right. Elon? Elon Musk. He's new, he's new. He used to be the other dude, the, the, the Amazon dude, whatever it is. He also has a weird name. Okay, so imagine Elon Musk right now uh, calls one of you up. He says, hey, I see you're so good. You're so talented in business. Come make millions because I make billions, right? Come make billions because I make billions. Imagine he tells you that. A random guy just started a business. You call, Elon Musk calls me. Come make billions because I make billions? What connection me to you? You're a multi-billionaire. I'm not. The biggest compliment you could get, if, so, if such a big businessman tells you that, come become a billionaire, I like you because I'm a billionaire. The Pasuk here says an unbelievable, unbelievable thing. Be holy, Yehudim. Jews, be holy. Do not be like society. Don't fall for the culture. Why? Because I'm holy. What a compliment. Unbelievable. What a compliment Hashem is giving us. Look how much Hashem looks at us, literally like Kedoshim, Kedoshim. When a person really understands and lives by this, when a person understands how much Hashem expects of him, he wouldn't want to do sins. He wouldn't want to, why, why should I? I mean, I'm so close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hashem has such high expectations of me, why would I lower myself? You know what it's like? Imagine you have somebody very wealthy, and then he stands online in a food store to buy a piece of bread with uh, food stamps. Nothing wrong, but if somebody is very, very wealthy, why would you do that? Why would you wait online and buy a loaf of bread with food stamps? A Jew is so wealthy, so wealthy of Kedushah, so wealthy of holiness. He's capable of so much, so much Torah, mitzvot, chasadim. There's so much to build, build, and build in this world. So for a Jew to lower himself and not watch his eyes, or for a Jew to lower himself and go to a movie theater, why would you do that? Why would a person want to do that? Why would a person lower himself? You're worth so much. You're so wealthy. Just like you wouldn't wait online to buy a loaf of bread or food stamps. No Jew should want to go to a movie theater in the first place. What sheikh is you to a movie theater? You know, my Rebbe used to say, you know, sometimes you're in yeshiva, but you look at the other worlds. You know, they have all these uh, malls and all these vacations they go to and the movie theaters. He says, imagine I take you to my house and I show you a very, very nice medicine box. Right? It's called a... Has a special name in the medicine, all the medicines. Medicine chest? Medicine cabinet. cabinet. Okay, medicine cabinet. It's all nice, it has diamonds all around it, and then I open it up and I show you, Yaakov, look, look how many medicines I have. I have hydrochloroquine, I have uh, Corona this, I have Tylenol, I have Advil, I have this. And I'm like, wow, Rebbe, you're so lucky. Look at this beautiful diamond medicine box, and you have so much medicine, you're so lucky. That one and that one, and the green one and the red one. And there's a cherry flavor, grape flavor, and a mint flavor. So many different. You're so lucky, Rebbe. He says, yes, thank you. I'm so lucky. I have so much medicine. Is that a foolish thing to do? Yes. You're not jealous of somebody who has medicine. Say that, Chonim Rabatai. He said, my Rebbe, like this. He says, when you look at the other world, they have, it looks, it looks like it's big, but it's really nothing there. When you see they have movie theaters, and they have all these sports that they're into, and all the fashion that they're into, don't look at them and chas shalom, be jealous. Like, Wow. You know, they have so much in that culture. Wow, look, they have something called a basketball, a baseball, a football. They have something called a movie theater, and they could do this. And No, 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 no. It's all to keep the going busy. It's all to keep the culture busy. They need it. It's like medicine to them. What else should they live for? They need it. They need to keep on going. But us Yehudim, us Jews, who has time for these things? 
you're able to learn Torah, you're able to do mitzvot, you're able to daven to Kadosh Baruch Hu, you're able to write Sfarim, you're able to spread all. Why in the world would you even look at the other culture and say, oh wow, I wish, what are you talking about? It's all medicine. Who needs it in the first place? You're much bigger and better than that. You're capable of a lot more learning Torah and doing mitzvot. So when a person lives by that life of watching his eyes. You know what that means, HaKadosh Baruch Hu? It means that you're saying a big, fat no to the culture around us. The culture around us right now, in 2021, not 2020, the big culture around us is, do as you want. The cultures are coming more and more like that. Do as you feel. If you feel something is right, do it. There's no more right and wrong. There's no more... You know, if, if authority tells you not like that, you know, everything is, no, no God, free will, do whatever you want. If you feel something is right, if you want to do it, that's the right thing to do, whatever your heart desires. That culture, that mindset is against the mindset of the Torah and the Kaddush Baruch Hu. It's against, it's against Hashem. We're here to do what's right and not what's easy. Sometimes the right thing is the easy way, but we're here to do whatever Hashem tells us. Whatever Hashem tells us, we're here to do. So for anybody... To even think of watching their eyes, what even concept is that even? To even watch your eyes is such a generation, it means so much to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. A person should never underestimate one time of watching his eyes. Even if he will fail the next day, or even if he fail next week, even just one time of taking yourself away from not watching your eyes and being Kadosh, that already means a lot to Baruch Hu. And that's over here, the Orachim HaKadosh says in this Pasuk, a tremendous, tremendous chizuk. He says, how can Hashem command from us to be holy? You know what it means to be holy? Chafetz Chaim is holy. Chacham over there is holy. The Ben Yishchai is holy. Can you imagine how, how holy the Ben Yishchai was? Rabbi Chana Wasserman is holy. These are really, really holy people. They hardly eat and drink. So how can Hashem over here say, Everybody, Nashim Vataf, children, men and women, everybody, Kedoshim Tiyu, be holy. How can Hashem command such a thing like that? To everybody on the same level, no matter what, Kedoshim Tiyu. Says the Orachim Kadosh, a beautiful Chidush. He says, to be holy is not either 0% or 100%. Which means, every time, every one moment, the one has a test coming his way. Any test. He has a test coming his way. And that one time, because he's a son of Hashem, he said, no, I'm not going to do this sin, and I'm going to be a Kadosh. He was already mekayem the Pasuk, Vayitim Kadoshim, to be holy. So when the Pasuk says, I want you to be holy, it doesn't mean I want you to become Chafetz Chaim overnight. It doesn't mean I want you to be one of those that doesn't eat and drink and just learns 24-7 and doesn't even look at anybody. Says the Orachim HaKadosh, no, Vayitim Kadoshim means... Every time you control yourself, every small act that you control yourself of watching your eyes, you're already mekayem the pasuk of Ayitim Kedoshim. It's a mitzvah aset to be kadosh. We have a mitzvah to be kadosh. You know how you have a mitzvah to be kadosh? Every single time you control yourself from not doing an avera, you mekayem a mitzvah minatera of being holy. That's what it means, Ayitim Kedoshim says the Arachayim HaKadosh. That should give us tremendous chizuk. Tremendous chizuk, because sometimes a person looks at himself, hey listen, I failed on Sunday, I'm probably going to fail on Tuesday, so why should I control myself on Monday to beat the test? Says the Torah, no, that's the wrong mindset. Now, you have a mitzvah in a Torah to be Kadosh. Yes, although you failed yesterday, although you might fall tomorrow, but now you have a mitzvah to be Kadosh. It's not, oh, I'm anyways not a holy person, why control myself in the first place? No. Now you have a mitzvah to control yourself? Whatever happens tomorrow, it doesn't make a difference. Now you have a mitzvah to be holy. Go for it, says the Arachim HaKadosh. Mitzvah in a Torah, 
to be holy. You guys understand what I just said? Any questions? Because I want to make sure you guys get this. Any questions? Well, was that clear? Really? You sure? Robbie, any questions? No? Okay. Now I'm going to share with you a Midrash. Powerful Midrash. I'm just going to say it by heart. The Midrash says like this. In Parashas Vayeshev, we know Yosef at Tzadik, Rabotai. Yosef at Tzadik was, uh, the Torah tells us, was a very good looking guy. This was a good looking guy. And it was in Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim back then was known to be like, like the Manhattan of the world. It was just a nasty place. Nasty, nasty, nasty place. Full of tuma, impure stuff, and immodest things. And Yosef Tzadik was all alone. You know, his parents were not there. No one knows he's even Jewish. I mean, no one knew he was Jewish, basically. His brothers are not there. And Yosef Tzadik had a very big heart test. Because he had this very wealthy lady, very, very wealthy lady, in the palace, trying to sin with him. We all know the story. And Yosef Tzadik really, really controlled himself. But the Medrash goes in detail. And it's unbelievable how the Medrash spells this out. The Medrash says in Parashat Sveyeshep, our Medrash Rabbi, it says like this, Eshet Patifar approached Yosef Tzadik. And she tells him, I want to sin. Yosef Tzadik tells her, how can I sin? I come from Avraham, Yitzchak and Yaakov. Eshet Patifar. Do you know who Avram Avinu is? I don't know if you know, lady. But Avram Avinu was the first Jew. Hashem spoke to him. Do, do you know that lady? You know who Yitzchak Avinu was? My grandpa? My grandpa was able, was masked him to die on the Mizbeach for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So you want me, a descendant from such holy people, to do such a disgusting... Are you out of your mind? What, what, are you out of your mind? Go, go fly a kite. Get out of here. Says the Medjah, she was masked him. Look at that. Says the Medjah, she agreed. She says, you know what? You hold so much of yourself. I don't want to do that. You're right. I don't want to do that. And the Medjah brings another pshat. That she started off with him. And Yosef Hatzakti tells her, listen, you know, I'm not going to say that there's no taiva, there's no desire, but let me just tell you one thing, lady. Yeah, what do you have to say? Hashem spoke to Avram Avinu. Hashem spoke to Yitzchak Avinu. Maybe God is also going to want to speak to me. And if I'm going to sin, God will never speak to me because it just doesn't go. It doesn't go. If I'll do such a bad thing, God will not want to speak to me the way He spoke to my grandparents. So just in case God is going to want to speak to me the way He spoke to my grandparents, I just can't sin. And Aisha Patifa said, you know what? I'm backing off. Say the Rishi was what a beautiful lesson. Powerful, powerful lesson that we can learn from here. The reason why one doesn't want to do disgusting averot, the reason why one doesn't want to do such sins, the reason why doesn't want to go down such a path, is because you're worth so much more. You're so chashuv, you're so important in Hashem's eyes, you're capable of so much. You're a Jew. You're literally a yid, you're a Jew. You're literally a soldier of a Kaddush Baruch Hu in this world. We come from generations, of if you read history, we come from generations of so much, so much standing up against the culture, so much misirut nefesh, just for the Torah. How many of our great-grandparents were so nefesh, just to keep Shabbat, just to keep kosher, just to make sure the Torah stays the same. We're not budging for one word of the Torah. There's so much stories of how Jews fought for so long to make sure the Torah stayed strong. We come from such holy people. So for a person in 2021, when an Avera, when a sin approached them, you know what you tell the sin? You know what you tell the taiva? You know what you tell the yetzara? Go fly a kite. Me? I come from such holy descendants from the Jewish nation. So much story, so much kedusai, so much rabbis. I should do such a sin? Get out of here. 
And when one person, by the way, you should just know the rule is, a person only sins when he's not aware how much he's worth in Hashem's eyes. The Hasidim, the Hasidim Shabbos always say that. They say a mashal, it says, imagine you have a captain, a huge, a huge ship, sorry, a huge ship with no captain. What's going to happen? If you don't have a captain directing the ship, what's going to happen is every time a wind comes right, it turns right, left, right, the ship is going to hoo hoo like a zigzag. When you don't have a captain, the ship is out of control. So the Hasidim Shabbos say, if a person is not aware about the ani, if a person is not aware how much he's worth, if a person is not aware about the eye, which means he himself, how much he's worth in Hashem's eyes, if you're not aware how holy you are and how much you're capable of, it's like a ship without a captain. A person can be like a zigzag. One day the culture says, oh, go there. The other day the culture says, oh, go there. The, it's whatever his friends tell him, he goes, okay, the fashion is this, if, okay, we do this, whatever you want, whatever, Instagram, YouTube, whatever, whatever is in, we're in it, we're in it, whatever it is. When the captain is missing, when a person is not in control of his life, if he's not aware how much he's worth in Hashem's eyes, if he doesn't respect himself, holy moly, the guy's lost. Lost all over the place. Whatever his friends tell him, he'll do. But when a person is in control of the ship, when a person has confidence, there's nothing wrong with having confidence. A person should have given himself. A person should have a little bit of an ego. I am a son of a Kadosh Baruch Hu. Why in the world would I sin? That makes no sense. We have so much better, better and bigger things to do, and that is to get close and close like Adosh Baruch Hu. Hey, Yitzhahara, you want to do a virus? You have the whole world. You have the whole world. I said this over once, Chachamer, if you remember, the Zohar brings down like this. The Zohar says, until now it was clear? Yes? The Zohar says like this. You sure it was clear? The Zohar says like this. He says, by Lot and Avam Avinu. We know Lot looked like Avam Avinu. And Lot's sheep were eating grass or whatever you call it, hay from other people's property that wasn't his. So basically he let his sheep steal. Avraham Avinu obviously did not let, uh, let his sheep steal. But the problem is that Lot looks like Avraham. So in the news, back in the day, everyone said, oh, you see that Abraham Jew boy? You see that first Jew Abraham? He's letting his sheep steal. Oh, all these guys are liars, they're robbers, all these uh, rabbis are stealing, whatever. So Avraham told Lot, he says, listen, we look alike. It's a problem. I'm asking you to please... Stay away from me, which means if you want to you know, have grass, if you want to eat other people's hay, just don't do it next to me. Why do you, Avraham Avinu told Lot, why do you always have to stick next? Because they used to travel together, right next to each other. So Avraham told Lot, why is he always have to travel next to me? You have a whole land in front of you. There's so much land. Open, go, go, just go, go, go. Get away from me. Don't be next to me. That's what Avraham Avinu told Lot. Says the Zohar, so too, us Avraham Avinus, us the Jews that come from Avraham Avinu, we could turn to the Lot, which means we could turn to the Yetzirah. We could turn to the culture that tries to convince us and influence us to do the wrong thing. We could tell them, hey culture, hey Instagram, hey uh, Facebook, leave me alone. Why do you want to be next to us, Yehudim? You know, you have a whole world, you have a whole China to go sin. Go, go, go to China, go to Japan, go to India. What are you doing here? What are you doing next to us in the Jewish community? Leave us alone. You always have to stick to us and make us in. That's what the Zohar says. Turn to the Yetzirah and tell them, back off. Just just get off us. Get off. What do you want from the Jews? Leave us alone. Let us serve a Kadosh Baruch Hu. You know, Sfas Emma says, in last week's parashah, he says like this. The Pasuk says, Boi el paroi, ki ani ikhbaditi it liboi. Bo el paro means, bo means to really approach. But bo is a very aggressive word to use. Could have said lechapar or whatever. It's different pshatim. Sfas Emes says, "Boy" is an aggressive word to use. Why? Bo el paro paro. Alpi the mekubalim paro represents Amalek. 
Paro represents Ra, evil. Paro represents the Yetzirah. Represents the Kripa Ra'ah, the bad spirits and the bad avirot in the world. Amalek says the Sfat Demet, the Pasuk here, taught us how to approach the Yetzirah. How to approach the culture. Bo'el Paro. You know how you approach the Yetzirah? Don't always be on defense. The best way to be your enemy, says the Sfat Demet, is when you're on offense. Tell the Yetzirah, Bo el paro, meaning approach the ra, approach the Amalek with a bow, with aggressiveness, and tell him, you know what, I'm gonna strike you first. Bo el paro, be aggressive against the culture, be aggressive against the sins. Why? Ki ani says Hashem, you know where the Yetzirah is around in the first place? You know where the culture is like that in the first place? I put it there, says Hashem. You know why I put it there? For your sechut, in order for you to climb and reach higher levels. Hashem says, I put you in that generation, in that area, next to such people and such culture for a reason. There's a reason why Hashem chose us in this generation to go through a test that no Jewish community ever went through. We are the first ones ever, ever, to go through such a test with the phones and with the internet. We're the first generation that has the zikhut, that has the honor to fight back. No Jewish community ever in history ever had a chance to fight such a test that we have in our generation. Even in my times, when I was in high school, when I was in 8th grade, nobody had these phones in their pockets. You know, you want to get a computer, you have to wait online, it was like a whole, you know, you want to check the news, it was a whole, oh wow, it's slow, nothing is moving, nothing is going on. Now everybody has it in their pockets, the test, and that was what, in 10 years, I'm not that old, I'm just 10.30. That was like this, everything moves so fast, and the, and the test is getting harder and harder and harder. Nobody ever had such a test that our teenagers and the young adults have in this generation to control your eyes and to control their desires. It's such a big test. And whoever does pass that Nisayan, yes, to understand. Says Hashem, I was the one who put you through such a situation, a test in the first place. I made the test so strong because I believe in you, specifically our generation, to beat that test. That's why no other generation had that test. And by the way, that's going to bring Mashiach. That's going to bring Mashiach. Like Chazal say, a mashal. Was that clear? Okay, whatever. I'm then he was speaking. Chazal say a mashal like this. He says, imagine you have a palace with a king. Okay? You have a palace with a king. And he has an enemy. You guys remember the gladiator stuff? With the, ah, with the knives and stuff? Okay. He says, imagine you have a king with a palace. And he has an enemy confronting him. Thousands and thousands of soldiers with their knives and swords and shields like this. So what does he do, the king? He first sends his first batch of soldiers, he sends the top, top guys, the good generals, you know, the good soldiers that are smart and strong. So he sends them off. So they push back the enemy a little bit, but eventually the enemy overcame the soldiers. Okay, plan B. He sends another batch of good soldiers, not as strong as the first ones, but pretty, pretty good guys, tough guys that know how to do it. They go, they push back the enemy a little bit. But eventually the enemy overcame them and they beat them. And he sends more soldiers, more soldiers. Eventually... The enemies got so close, they were mitkadem, they moved forward so much closer to the palace of the king. The king said, hey, my last ba- uh, ba- batch of soldiers, go, go. So all these little uh, weaklings type of soldiers, you know, they go with their knives and their shields, and now they have to beat this huge enemy, coming closer and closer to the palace. That last batch of soldiers, if they fall, if they let the enemy overcome them, the king is done. They have to understand, they're the last man standing before horrible destruction of the king's palace. Says the Chafetz Chaim and many 
We went through many generations, many generations fighting the culture since the Chuban Bet Hamikdash, since the Bismikdash was destroyed. Hashem first sent the Nishamas, the souls that are very big tzaddikim, the Geoinim, or Bahai Geoinim, sent really big tzaddikim to fight the culture. Can you imagine? You had the, the Tanaim and the Moaim that were telling you what the halachot is and how not to go with the culture. Of course you listen to them. Very big tzaddikim. Who could disagree with them? They pushed back the culture. They saved a lot of the Torah and Judaism. But eventually, Rabbatai, the culture moved forward. The Guim, the culture seeped into our community even more and more. And Hashem said, you know what? Boom! Throw the Rashis, throw the Rambams, throw the Tasers, let's go, the Rishonim, the Tzaddikim. And they push back against the culture. The culture tells them, Ikal is making money. The culture tells the Jews, Ikal is fashion, Ikal is sports. Rashi and the Rambam saying, no, no, Ikal is Torah, Yerat Shemaim, Torah. And they're pushing, and they're pushing back and forth. Rashi and the Rambam held it strong, but eventually... The culture is strong and they're pushing stronger and they're going forward and forward closer to the Torah. Forward closer to Kaddush Baruch Hu, Stripping away the Kiddushah from Hashem. Le'at, le'at. Hashem says, you know what? Let's go. Chofetz Chaim, Vilna Goins, Benish Chaim. Let's go. Throw them in there. Throw them. The Benish Chaim, the Chofetz Chaim fight back against the culture. They tell them, oh, Rabbatai, life is about college 24-7. Oh, Rabbatai, forget Taira. What do you mean? How are you going to get married? You need money. You need this. Forget Taira. Come on. Go make money all day. Fashion, sports, and all these things. The Ben Yishchan, the Chafetz Chaim, are holding strong. They're pushing back, saying, No, Yehudim! Life is about learning. Life is about Alam Emunah, don't speak a Shonara. Fight back, fight back! They held strong, but the culture got stronger and stronger. Then comes our generation. Then comes our generation. We had Chamovadia, we have the Stipler, we had Shach. They held strong. Now, it's us over here. 2021 teenagers. The youth. I call myself youth too, okay? The youth. Right now we are the last man standing to hold on against the enemies, against the culture, to make sure nobody touches the king's palace. And that is a Torah dushat. We have to hold on strong to make sure the culture of the goyim doesn't seep in and take away our right priorities away from us. Life is about Torah. Life is about getting close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Life is about Yerat Shamayim, fearing Hashem. That's what life is about. We have to make sure to be strong, hold on strong, make sure the enemies don't destroy the Torah. We're the last generation before Mashiach is going to come. We hold on strong, Rabbi we won the war. It's because of us. If we hold on strong against the culture... We're literally going to be the heroes forever and ever and ever. Our generation is the generation that saved the Torah, Gdushah, and bring the Bet HaMikdash. So every time a person watches his eyes, every time you even think of doing Shemirat HaEnayim, do you know what a person does? Every time a teenager in this generation says, I'm going to be Kadosh, I'm going to be a holy person, I'm going to control myself, I'm going to get off Instagram, I'm going to get off Facebook. No more social media. I'm going to watch my eyes. I'm going to be a good guy. I'm going to be a son of Hashem. Kadosh. You know what you're doing? You're a real strong soldier. Holding on against the enemy line like this. Protecting HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Every time a person controls his eyes, he's pushing back the enemy more and more and more. And holding HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the Torah strong and strong until Mashiach is going to come. In fact, the Arizal says, right before Mashiach is going to come, you know, the Japanese in World War II, they had something called kamikaze. 
for sure, the right kamikaze means they go all out. They just go ah, driving the planes all over the place. They just commit suicide. <laughs> so says the Rizal, before Mashiach is going to come, we know the Gemara in Sukkah tells us in the Kedushin, Mashiach is going to shech the Yitzhara. Mashiach is going to slaughter the evil, the Yitzhara, the Ta'avot. So the Yitzhara, before Mashiach is going to come, he's going to know he's about to, you know, his time is expiring. So he's going to go all out. You know, like a candle before it blows out, it goes like that. Says the Arizal, before Mashiach is going to come, the Yitzhara is going to go kamikaze. The culture is going to go all out. They literally lost their minds. The culture literally lost their minds. They're going crazy. They're going crazy. There's no more authority. There's no more right and wrong. And if you dare disagree with their culture, you're this, you're that, you're this, you're that. You're, well, well, they're not really talking anymore. The culture is going cuckoo. They're going kamikaze. You know why? You know why? Because Mashiach is about to come. The Yetzirah knows his time is expiring. If I don't let out all my weapons now, boom, social media came out of nowhere. Social media came out of nowhere and is destroying people left and right. Out of nowhere. All these things with watching your eyes and the websites and woo, holy moly, what's going on? What happened? At least take 50 years, 30 years, kacha, and 10 years, things are moving and moving and moving and moving. Right now, I wanted to put in a CD, so I give out CDs. People are literally telling me the cars don't take CDs anymore. What do you mean you don't take CDs? What just happened? When did this happen? Am I that old? What do you mean you don't take CDs? Everything is moving faster, faster, faster. But you know what? The Yetzirah is also moving faster. We have to be aware. He's going all out. So anybody who beats the Yetzirah, again, even one time, even one time, Yimikayim the Pasuk Ve'itim Kedoshim, Yimikayim a Mitzvah and a Torah to be holy. And every time you fight the culture, and you say, I'm going to be a stubborn Jew, I'm going to be a stubborn Jew, whatever the Torah says, I follow. Whatever the Torah says, I do. I don't care what generation I live in. I don't care what my friends tell me. I don't care what the culture says. Whatever Hashem says, I do. I follow the Torah. You're pushing back so strong against the enemy line. You're pushing back against the Yetzirah. And that will bring the Mashiach. The, the actions that we do now in our generation, no Jew was available to do in generations before. We're going to bring Mashiach through controlling this Avilot. And I'm going to end up with the Mashal that Rosh Pinkus says. He says, Rebbe Kiva Eger, or Rashi, they're so big, they're such big tzaddikim, they look at us like in a microscope, we're like little jukim, little bugs next to them. They're so massive in Kedushah and holiness. And in Torah, Virat Shamayim, when they look at us, compared to our holiness, we're like ants next to them. So they look at us, says of Shushan Pinkus, like in a telescope. But says of Shushan Pinkus, and he was talking about his generation, which the Nisayon then, the test was radio and newspapers. It wasn't even internet, which is a hundred times worse. He said in our generation, we can look up to the telescope, we can look up to the Chafetz Chaim, to the Rekiv Eger and Rashi, although we're small next to them, can you imagine like little ants going like this and telling them, hey, you did not have the test that our generation has. Hashem chose us to beat that test. That means Hashem believes in us that we're so great, we're capable of so much. Yes, we're never going to reach the level of Torah like Rashi or Rekiva Eger. No, we're never going to reach the level. But at the same time, we have the ability to say to all the generations before, Thank you for getting us this far and holding the Torah strong. But Mashiach, we're the last generation. Hashem chose us, every single one of our neshamot in 2021. Hashem chose us 
Tebezat Hashem, beat the Yetzirah, beat this Nisayan that nobody had. And through doing that, although we're small, we're ants next to Rashi, but we're able, we're able to do by controlling this Yetzirah, no one was able to do. And we're going to be Mashiach. We can turn to them and say, hey, nobody in your generation has such a test that we have. And we're going to fight, because if Hashem chose us to go through such a generation, that means every single one of us is capable of beating that Yetzirah. So whoever took upon himself to watch his eyes, whoever took upon himself as much as possible to be careful, to be careful from these things. Besides that there's many halachot that apply to these things, it's not, it's not, it's not no time for it right now, but there's halachot that apply to these things. One is what the Gemara says in Baba Basa. The Gemara says if one has two drachim, two paths to get home, a shorter path and a longer one. But the problem is the shorter one has some immodest things on the way. Laundry, whatever it is, immodest things. What's the halacha? Are you going to take the shorter one or the long one? Says the Gemara, of course you take the long one. Says the Tan and the Gemara, no, 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 no. Let him take the short one, but close your eyes. My question was, let him take the shortcut, but close your eyes. Walk like this. What's the problem? You're not going to see anything immodest. Says the Gemara, no, 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 no. Just in case you might open up your eyes, halacha is take the long path. Just in case you might open up your eyes. That's what the Gemara says. From here you understand, Rabbatai, it's only one source. From here you understand how much more so how much more so with all the phones, with all the stuff that's going on? Even if a person says, I'm the greatest tzaddik, I'm the greatest tzaddik. Me, me, of course, I'm going to watch my eyes. How can a person put in such a situation in the first place? And for one to control himself for such an avera, one to go and fight back against such a big temptation in this generation, do you know how much it's worth in Hashem's eyes? I'm so annoyed, I'm even going to read it inside. You know what? I'll read it to Amalekmont inside. Says Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar like this. Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar writes like this in Parashat Kedosh that I read to you. Call a mesaleket avotish mirata enaim. Whoever pushes off the desire of the sin of watching the eyes, umid gaberale, and he overcomes the yetzara. Areu yotel gadol mimidregat malach. You're even in a higher position at that moment, more than an angel, more than a malach. You hear those words? One time of controlling yourself. Says the stipler. And I can't even explain to you. I can't even describe to you the holiness, kedushata adam, the holiness of a person. A avato, a person who controls his desires. Besetel in secret. Bezman took form on the Yetzirah, trying to tackle him down. Shuaz bibchinat Yosef atzadik. You are considered at the level of Yosef atzadik at that moment. Shekidesh shem shamaim besetel. He was mekadesh shem shamaim. Beseter in secret with Eshel Patifal. Asher Azum Amshichalav Ol Kedusha Nora Vayom. From that moment on, whoever controls his eyes in secret, he brings upon himself an unbelievable level of holiness. She'en Lishayah, I can't even describe to you. One time of a person controlling himself. One time. And Hashem watches everything. I remember that. Hashem calculates everything. There's a story, I end up with this. I said that three times or whatever. There's a story with the Levush. The Levush, we know one of the main Akhun that we have. In the Peskim is the Levush, Talmud the Ramah, one of the main Kadwanin and the Achorin that we have. Mishabur always quotes the Levush. The Magan Ram always quotes the Levush. Who was the Levush? And why is the Sefer called the Levush? Levush means a garment, clothing. They say over a story that he was a very wealthy Jew. Very wealthy. One time he was with a gathering of people, and he was wearing very expensive clothing. Very, very expensive clothing. Unfortunately, the Yetzirah tried starting with them. He sent the lady. Okay. 
man, you know, good-looking guy, or wearing nice clothing. Yada, send the yetzara, eshet patifa, let's go. She starts talking to him, he starts walking away from her. That's how the story goes. She starts walking after him. He starts walking faster, and she starts walking after him more and more and more. He starts running, she starts running after him. He says, oh my gosh, what do I do with this uh, juke? What do I do? Then there was a, like a very dirty lake, like a swamp. That really stunk. It was really, really disgusting swamp. He says, you know what? If I jump in there, ooh, she's going to stay away. But wait a minute, I have such expensive clothing. It's not easy, it's a big test. Very expensive clothing. Imagine you have six iPhones uh, 10s, right? What is it, each one? $700, $800, whatever it is. Imagine you have a Rolex iPhone, right? All these things. And the person had, it's not easy, it's really not easy. I mean, I'm scared of my wallet, you know, my license, it's a whole steeple getting it back, you know what I mean? It's very, it's very not easy. What does he do? He jumps inside the swamp. He goes in there, in the dirt. Goes in there with all his clothing. Then she just finds her way back. Don't worry about it. She disappeared. Said the Levush, from that moment on, my misirut nefesh of staying away from such a sin gave me so much kedusha, so much holiness. I felt so close to Hashem from that moment on, I was able to write my Sefer HaLevosh. I was able to start writing my Sefer Achon that we all use to this day all the time. The Mishabu, the Meganavam are all based on this Sefer HaLevosh. From that moment on, he had such a Or Shekhinah, he felt so close to Hashem, everything just was Zawem, everything flowed with the Torah, with Kedusha, with Yirat Shamaim. Another story, see that? Another story, that's what happens when you make me speak. Another story is from the Rashash. The Rashash HaKadosh, the Heligim HaKubal. He was a carpenter for many years of his life, the Rashash. One time the story goes that he was doing like a certain carpet, whatever they do, in this apartment. And what happened was, he didn't realize that the husband left the house and there was a lady in the house, the wife of this person, where he was doing the carpet for in the apartment. He realized this, he wanted to walk out. Yehud, you can't be in the same room as a woman, what's going on? He wanted to leave the Rashash. What does this lady do? She locks the door. Oh, lock the door. What does the Rashash do now? He sees there's a balcony. He runs! Can you imagine the Rashash? He runs, jumps off the balcony, third floor, jumps on the balcony, whoa, lands on the floor, stayed away from the Avera. The Rashash said, from that moment on, I felt so holy to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He became the great Mekubah, the Rashash HaKadosh. Can you imagine? Rashash HaKadosh. Because he ran away from such an Avera, specifically this Avera. Ran away! Do you know how many opportunities we have with all these phones? You know how much opportunities we have to run away from this Averot? You know how much Kedusha one can grab? You know how much Kedusha, how much enjoyment he can grab bringing close like a Dosh Baruch Hu? When one has Kedusha, when one gets close like a Dosh Baruch Hu, nothing more enjoyable in life. There's nothing more fun than being close to Hashem. The opportunities that we have in our generation is great. We will bring Mashiach by controlling specifically this Averot. Every time you watch your eyes, you're bringing Mashiach closer and closer, and you're holding on to the Terek Daisha. And Hashem chose us as a generation to be Mashiach. Thank you so much for listening. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.